Welcome in. Brand new Wednesday live chat for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. I'm Rick Gaiman, and the next hour is your time. Questions, concerns, comments, ownership, whatever you want. I don't care. This time is yours. It's presented by the homies over at Jock Market. We'll talk about them in just a little bit, but let's get into it. Um, Honestly, let's just do the weather thing out of the gate. I like to just get that out of the way. Also, when I get the inevitable 50 weather questions, I can say, ah, go back to the start of the show and get your weather update. So um, I've got two different sources here. And they're a little bit different. So here's uh, Weather Underground, which I'm using the Highland Park Station, which is the closest one that I could find to Detroit Golf Club. And what you'll notice is this spike of wind Thursday afternoon. It basically goes from nine-ish miles an hour to 16 miles an hour. Now you decide whether seven miles an hour is a big enough deal. And I actually think this, this graph kind of makes it look a little bit more drastic than I, than I think it actually is. Um, but if you actually go to wind finder, which I think does a, a better job of wind because of the fact that it's wind finder, um, here's Detroit golf club. It doesn't have it as drastic. So here's Thursday at 8 AM. It's 10 mile an hour winds from the West Southwest. If you go three more hours, it, it does go up to 15 miles an hour, two o'clock, same thing, 15 miles an hour, 5 p.m. It goes back down a little bit. So you're talking about probably five to seven miles an hour of wind. And obviously we know there's a lot of different types of wind. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. If if you made me guess right now, I would bet, what did we get last week? There was a little bit of, there was like, was it less than a stroke from uh for the for the wave advantage I, I would say it's it's probably like a stroke unless that's that wind really kicks up and it it by no means means that a golfer cannot win right usually when you get a stroke like guys guys win coming out of three stroke wave disadvantages or two stroke wave disadvantages but that's the way i see it right now it can change um thursday morning seems to be a little bit better than thursday afternoon clinton says would you rather have one outright ticket on max home at 25 to 1 or two outrights on davis riley and sahith tagala in the 40 range Probably one on max at 25. Um, you know, I, I love those guys. I love Riley. I love Sahith. But you're talking about a guy who's got multiple wins on the PGA Tour. Um, course and setup doesn't really seem to matter for him. Sahith and Riley coming off of missed cuts. I'm happy to buy back in on those guys. But if you're talking about pure win equity, I think Max Homa eats up uh, quite a bit of it. Any advantage to playing a guy like Sung, you'll know at min 6K just to make the cut. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because a min price golfer allows you to do a lot of things, which by the way, this is my website, rickrungood.com, giant golf database. It's geared towards fantasy golf, golf betting. You should sign up for it. I love it. You will too. Um, when you get a $6,000 priced guy, it is usually, you know, one of these oldies who got added to the field via sponsors exemption or past champion status or something like that. And they are literally not competitive at all. Uh, a flat min 6,000 sung you'll know who is coming off of five consecutive cuts made. And in fact, he was 6,300 at John Deere. He was 68 at Barbasol, 67 at Barracuda, 6,300 last week. 
Now he's $6,000. So I do think it is a little bit of a mistake, right, to lump him in there. He is not a very good driver of the golf ball. In fact, he is quite horrid. Um, he doesn't hit it very far, and he's quite inaccurate. 102nd in distance, 199th. That's almost dead last in driving accuracy. I'm not as worried about the accuracy. I'm not even that worried about the distance this week. The approach play has been a lot better, gaining in three of his last four. Short game, and the putter can get hot at times. Of $6,000 golfers that we've seen recently, he's got to be one of the better options, right? Just the fact that he's made five cuts in a row. If you signed me up for any one of these finishes right now, they're all between 35th and 55th. I think I'd be pretty happy with that. So he does open up a lot of options for you. Struggling not to play 100% Cam Young is home a good enough of a pivot or pay up for Zal Torres. Okay. So uh, we can kind of lump this into a larger ownership conversation. So Cam Young, yeah, likely to be one of the uh, most popular golfers on the slate, probably 26-ish percent, unless those become super, super aware of themselves. I think that pivoting to Homa is enough, right? You're, it's, it's almost half the ownership. Um, so I, I think that's a pretty significant jump to make, Adam. Um, and I don't know if it's a huge pivot to get to Zalatoris. People seem to be quite bullish on Zalatoris, which I am from a raw, like two, both of these things can be true. Uh, Will Zalatoris is an amazing golfer who might just win this golf tournament and is talented enough to do that. That's part one. Part two is this is not a good golf course for him, right? This setup is not good for him. He still might, he still might finish well, but this is probably a bottom five golf course for him. So if you're willing to, um, if you're willing to kind of fade Zalatoris, which I don't, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are going to. Hey, Rick, love everything you put out. Thank you, Ben. In terms of your best DFS plays, can you rank Pendrith, Wyndham Clark, Cam Champ, Svensson? So purely on DFS, uh, it would be probably Pendrith, Champ, Wyndham, Svensson. If you want me to do a little bit of a deeper dive on a couple of those guys, we'll, we'll start with Pendrith. Um, I've made this quite clear. You know, this is a great setup for him, probably the best golf course for him because he hits it far very inaccurately, but uh, he's missed four, four months with a rib injury, broke his rib, has played two events since then, 13th and 11th at the Barbasol and the Barracuda. I love the way his game sets up. Obviously, there is a level of risk there. Cam Champ's the other one that there is certainly a level of risk there, but there are a few guys on the PGA Tour like Cam Champ. There are a few guys that are able to tap into a ceiling seemingly once a year uh, and, and go out and win a golf tournament. And he usually, we talk about this all the time with Cam Champ, he usually foreshadows and leaves one little breadcrumb. Then he'll win and he'll hibernate for a month. He'll leave a breadcrumb, he'll win, he'll hibernate for a year, a year, not a month. Um, whoops, sorry, should probably get rid of that so you can see the actual numbers. I think that breadcrumb might have been the 3M open. Gains two strokes off the tee, two on approach, a zero around the green and putts well. If that's not a breadcrumb, I don't know what is. Um, and I would argue, despite being the defending champ last week, Detroit Golf Club's a way better golf course for him than TPC Twin Cities is. So those are the two that, are, that probably have my attention. Any love for Hayden Buckley? Yeah, I actually played Buckley last week. It turned out just fine, right? He's in the midst of a pretty good stretch. Uh, Hank Hill says five made cuts in a row and, oh, oh, sorry, and has been ball striking well during that time. Completely agree with you. He has gained strokes off the tee in every event since the Mexico Open. It's basically like 10 straight events. He's gained strokes on approach in six straight. His ball striking numbers are phenomenal. The short game stuff can go awry. It can be okay, but that's that's good. And you're seeing the results starting to pour in now. So yeah, Hayden Buckley, run him right back out there. I played him last week in, I think, the $100 single entry. I would have no problem doing that again. Is there any stat in the database 
Is there any way to sort guys in the database that have gained strokes putting in multiple events in a row? No, Zach, not currently, but um, that's interesting. Maybe I could add that. Thoughts on Peter Malnati? We haven't had a question about Peter Malnati in a while. Let's let's see. These are the types types of events that he he generally pops up in, right? Okay, so um, unbelievable ball striking week last week at the 3M, right? Gains 8.4 strokes in the ball striking categories. Loses one around the green. Lose uh, gains one on the green. He's now made three straight cuts. I worry that this is so far out of the out of character for. Malnati, I bet you that's his best ball striking week ever. Can we look? It is by far. So that's always a little bit worrisome. I think there is a little bit of a difference here between this being a breadcrumb, so to speak, from like what we saw from Camp Champ, because we've seen Camp Champ do that and then follow it up. This is literally by far an outlier ball striking week of his career. So that's a little bit concerning. I don't hate it, right? Something Maybe he found something. I have not heard any quotes from Peter Malnati. I've not heard anything from the grounds. Maybe he found something. Maybe he put something in the bag. But I'm not as bullish as this continuing as I would be about Camp Champ. But really, really good numbers there. So you kind of just have to decide whether you're willing to take a flyer on it and hope, they, hope that he legit just found something. Hey, Rick, my view on Windfinder is exactly opposite of what's in Andy's article. Um, I'll have to go back and look at Andy's article, but the the weather stuff that I see right now as I, as I what, 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, we looked at it at the top of the show. That's that's what I think is the obviously the most up-to-date. Yeah, so here you go. With four Adams, six Cams, four Scots, and four Kevins, the lady certainly has choices. Who's it going to be? So Armina, my wife, tends to say one name. I'm waiting for her to send me a message. Uh, one name that gives her as many options as possible. I, I voted for Cam. There's six of them if you include Camilo Vijegas. She's typing. She says, oh, she's such a troll. She's such a little troll. She said, and I quote, Kevin James Kisner of Aiken Country Club. See what she did? She got very, very specific with it. Wow. She's such a troll. So kids, it is. Uh, Hey Rick, appreciate what you do. One and done in which I'm chasing Will's Zalatoris or Cam Young. You, uh, Tracy, I have spent, I'm, I'm going to have a, uh, ulcer trying to figure out who to play in one and done this week. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely submitted, but I think if you are chasing, you cannot, you cannot play Cam Young. It is unfortunate. Uh, but I suspect he is likely to be by far the most popular golfer. Everyone has him available. He's like got the fifth shortest odds this week behind the four big boys. So unfortunately, as much as I'd love to, you cannot play Cam Young. Who's someone that you've cooled on throughout the week and who's someone that you've grown on? Okay. Let's pull up the cheat sheet here, Jared, and see if I can, um, figure this out. Um, definitely growing on. Davis Riley, like just very willing to forgive the miscut. It wasn't that bad at the 3M open, and I'm just such a believer in his talent. Uh, probably cooling on. It's a good question. I, I I don't know if I'm cooling on him, but Webb Simpson worries me, right? Webb Simpson that I is someone that I think I was generally positive on, uh, and I still remain positive, but it is not without real concerns. I I worry that Webb Simpson is not the guy anymore. 
right? I'm, I'm kind of banking on this being a really good spot for him next week, being a really good spot for him, him flashing on some things, but there is a path to, there is a path to Webb Simpson not being good this week, which is, which is, which is really concerning. Quick one, Hadley or your boy Gligic? Yeah, as much as I love, love Gligic here, Hadley's been awesome. So I think you got to go with, with Chesson. In your opinion, will the most popular build start Cantlay and Homa? Uh, no, I, I think, I think it might start. I think it might start uh, young McNeely or young Riley, right? That that I think is probably a little bit more popular. But yeah, can't lay Homa because you can do it, especially if like you want to bring Sung Yul No into the conversation. Um, that's certainly going to be popular as well. You're not going to be different with that start. Do you think Finau has a real chance to win again or really fall off? No, I, I think he has a real chance to win again. So there's a couple of things here. Um, we're not really seeing the like fall off anymore, right? I feel like we don't see that as much anymore. And guys who win don't see it as an opportunity to victory lap for a year. They see it as an opportunity to pile them up. And I think we're starting to see that with the modern players. And this is, this is no fluke from Tony Finau, right? Look at these metrics. He, this has been building. He's been phenomenal from T to green. The ball striking numbers have been insane for six months. He's figured out the putter ever since we got to the match play. He's been by far a, a positive putter. And he actually gained more strokes to the field at the RBC Canadian Open when he finished second to Rory McIlroy than he did at the 3M Open. So he got a little bit unlucky at the RBC Canadian Open. You could argue he could easily have two wins, maybe three wins, if he gets just a little bit lucky already this year. And when you start to look at golf courses, how does Detroit Golf Club set up for him? Well, be able to tap into the distance. But outside from that, I mean, he's just so solid right now. We've seen him make a lot of birdies, brimming with confidence. The putter is much, much better. Yeah, no, of course he can win it again. Of course he can win it again. This is a really tough one. So Brady says, do you prefer Webb or Henley in a single entry? Um, I just told you that I'm not super, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay on Webb. Henley is, is kind of even weirder though, right? Like where did the ball striking go? Right. We, he was consistently a one to a one and a quarter stroke per round approach guy. And that's no longer there. Um, he's basically slightly better than tour average dating back to the match play ever since the players championship where he gained 11 and a half strokes on approach. He just hasn't been the same. Um, and he's lost the putter, which is like a really, really bad combination. So yeah, I, I really worry about Russell. So I would have to roll with Webb in that situation. Uh, Dave says, Rick, when you and Andy talk about betting units, what does units represent and, or how does that translate to dollars? Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> we'll take the answer offline. Um, a unit is whatever you want it to be. Uh, it's like the, the, your standard bet, right? So for some people that might be $10, it might be a hundred dollars, might be a thousand dollars. I, I like to make my unit larger and then say, okay, this is like going to be like a half unit or a quarter unit. So say if my unit's a hundred dollars, I could say, okay, half unit, that's 50 quarter unit. That's 25. What I hate are these like, um, oh, this is a thousand unit play. If this is a thousand unit play or a 50 unit play, your unit's off, right? It's that's a that's a scam. If someone's telling you something's like a 50, that's like a scam, right? So I like to make it like let's just I, I think hundred a hundred dollars is like the easiest scenario to roll with here. And that's probably the most common for people who are doing this seriously. A unit would be a hundred dollars. So if you have uh a, a two tenths of a unit, that's 20 bucks. 
on an outright, for example, or, you know, if you have a matchup, that's one and a half units, it's 150 bucks. Thoughts on Cam Young as first round leader. Well, we can kind of look at this a little bit statistically. Obviously, Cam Young is um, just a stud, right? Like, and this play sets up absolutely beautifully for him. Let's look at Cam Young and everybody else in this field in first rounds. And we can include, I guess we'll just include everything. We'll, we'll keep out the senior tour here, but let's just include round one uh, in 2022. See who the best guys are, and then I'll find Cam Young. Yeah, he's up there. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth best uh, strokes gained in round ones. And wow, he does he does have some really big gains here. RBC Heritage, he gained 7.3. Open Championship, 8.6. 5.7 the Memorial. He's only lost three times dating back to the American Express. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I actually don't mind that because you'll, you'll probably get, what's his number? Uh, 40 to one. I would rather bet Cam Young first round leader at 40 than I would betting him at um, 18 to one. Sorry, I was just thinking about that. Charlie says, can we do a deep dive on Kurt Kitayama? I'm debating between him and Callum. That's Callum Terrence. So here's here's Kitayama, who is probably longer off the tee than you think he is. I bet you he's top 60. Oh, I didn't even give him enough credit. He's 26th on tour. That's pretty darn good. Uh, Runner-up at the Scottish Open, 72nd at the Open Championship. That's fine, just fine by me. We've seen him pop at times. I don't think he's going to be very um, consistent. Right, I think he's going to be quite a volatile golfer. He's very good in the jock market. Let's look at this. Jock market, this is stock market DFS. Because he doesn't always win, but because he because he can pop, yeah, look at that. Last 10 starts, 104% ROI. Uh, average IPO 290, average payout 564. If we go back further than that, I bet you it's even, yeah, still 77.9 without the win. Love that. I bet you he's probably one of the top guys last, uh, yeah, last 10. He's behind only Chess and Hadley. Last 20, he's uh, behind a couple guys, but pretty good. Still still second there. Yeah, so um, I, I, I think I think he's fine for this week. By the way, I, I guess I, this is a perfect time to do uh, this. Stock market DFS, jock market, right? This is your ability to buy, bid, uh, sell short shares of athletes. So I talk about it for golf and there's a power hour tonight, 5.15 or 8.15 PM Eastern time on the Rick run good YouTube channel. Joe, Idoni and myself break down the final bit of IPO and you can bid on shares of golfers right now. And all, as long as they outperform their expectation, um, you're, you're good because every single finishing position has a guaranteed payout. It's why Kurt Kitayama can be a big time moneymaker. It's why Chesson Hadley can be a big time moneymaker. It's why Michael Gligic can be a big time moneymaker. And they are not big time moneymakers really in any other scenario. Use the code Rick. There's a link in the description and rock and roll over to the jock market. Smash the like button for Rick. That's a good idea. Uh, unfortunately I've already asked that question. Um, sorry, DFS chef. At least you got, at least they answered it. Was wondering when making your lineups, do you have an ownership number in mind that you try not to exceed? Sure. So it depends on the contest. If you're looking at putting lineups into something like the Millie Maker or whatever the big flop shot is each week, like I would try to keep it under like 50% total ownership, right? Um, if you're getting into like some of the single entries, maybe it's 80% or, 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 or smaller contests. The, the more top heavy the payouts are, I'll be lowering that number, but I, I tend to live between 50 and 80. Uh, but I also try to do the barbell. I think I talked about this last week, the barbell method, which is like, I'm happy taking three guys over 20%. If I get three guys that are like under 5%, essentially. 
Hey, Rick, do you have any insight into why there are some large disparities between how FanDuel and DraftKings rank and price golfers? Do you see any advantage by deciding between FanDuel and DraftKings based on those disparities? Just two different teams setting the odds, right? Setting the numbers. It's, um, I don't know what the reasons are, but <laughs> that's their internal, it's their internal system. Um, there are definitely, if you are going to do it seriously and you're going to have a bankroll on both sites. Uh, there is certainly an advantage to being like, Hey, this guy who I'm pretty warm on, like I'm getting a great deal on him on FanDuel. The problem is like everybody else on FanDuel probably knows he's a great deal as well. So it's not like you're getting a super big edge, but I do think that there is, uh, if you're willing to put in the time and effort, there's probably, there's probably something to it. Struggling to split hairs in the low range, Libiota, Sig, Gligic, Taren. Um, so I've talked about a couple of these guys. I've talked about them a lot. In general, Gligic is kind of like a cut maker. I do wonder what his upside is. Uh, I do not necessarily worry about the upside of, of Callum Taron or Grayson Sig. Uh, Grayson Sig's made four cuts in a row. All of them are top 27s. He's coming off a T7. He seems to have figured something out with his ball striking. He was, you know, he did not get off to a really good start this year. Remember, he was one of the um, the top 25 from the Corn Ferry Tour, and his season didn't get started all that well finally started to figure it out. I think that's something to build on and he can certainly contend in this field. And then I've spoken at length about Callum Taron this week. Um, he's probably going to be a bit more popular, but this, this is a great spot for him. Not only is he playing well, T 17 at the three M T six at the John Deere, but he's long off the tee. He puts well, it's a very rare combination. And, uh, I, I like Callum, Tar Callum Taron quite a bit. Rick, you're the man. Stars and scrubs are a more balanced approach. Also, can you do a deep dive on JJ Spawn? Yeah. Um, I would say I probably prefer stars and scrubs. I think there's a, a clear, a clear like top six. Cantley, Finau, Zalatoris are a clear top three. You throw Young, Homa, and Davis into the mix. That's a very solid top six that eats up a lot of the win equity. Uh, then you drop to like Adam Scott, Keegan, Kevin Kisner, Denny McCarthy. It's like, okay. And then you could also argue that if you're willing to play Sung, you'll know stars and scrubs becomes stars and scrubs on steroids, right? So you can do probably, I'm not going to add this up, but you could do two of the top six Sung, you'll know. And then that leaves you with, I don't know, probably a lot of, a lot to, to deal with. Um, here's JJ spawn, which since the victory, you know, he backed it up immediately the next week at the masters seems to have lost a lot of the good stuff since then, right? This, this ball striking that we saw from him earlier in the year that led up to his victory at the Texas open, not really there anymore. He's lost strokes on approach in his last four. He's lost off the tee in four or five. The putter had never really been good. The around the green play had really never been good, and it's still not. So this is a pretty troublesome stat profile. I'll be I'll be quite honest with you here. Um, and then when you start looking at things that he does well and doesn't do well, it's okay that he doesn't drive it long here, but he's going to have to be Kevin Kisner, right? He's going to have to be sharp in a lot of other categories, uh, especially with the flat stick. And that's just it's just not what we're seeing right now. So this is a, a quite a troublesome uh, stat profile, if you ask me. Uh, Rick, I'm running good in the Mayo cup, uh, one and done 24th place. I noticed 20 of the 23 entries ahead of me have played Will Zalatoris. Do I not overthink it and just play Will this week? 
you're coming to me for not overthinking it advice, which is generally not that great, Matthew. But yes, you you um, you have to play Zalatoris. He is a top three player in the betting odds. Uh, you have a clear path to the top of the board for one of those guys. I don't think it's a great setup for him, but he might just raw skill this thing into the top five or win it. Uh, so unfortunately you, you have to, you have to play Zalatoris. It is strategically the best play. I'm sorry to tell you that. What would be some good chalk looking at ownership, uh, looking at Hubbard and stallings. What does ownership look like? So I've got Hubbard at 18 and I've got, uh, stallings at 14 and a half. Pretty steep on both of those guys. Wouldn't you think? Someone mentioned, uh, okay, we talked about Sung Yul No already, so I'm going to skip that one. It seems like there's so many good options this week. I think it's time to call 1-800-GAMBLER, probably. Uh, a lot of the same questions. I've answered a couple of these already. Damn, chat is lit before it even started. Yeah, some people drop comments at like 9 a.m. Kudos to you guys. Uh, okay, question about Ricky. And then I think there's a question that's going to trigger me, but I'm going to try to stay calm. I'm going to try to stay real calm. Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Okay, so Daniel believes Ricky Fowler is trending. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Point me in the direction in which Ricky is trending. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly messing with him, but I, I'm not sure I see it. So he gained three strokes off the tee at the 3M Open. That is great. And one of the best we've seen from him probably since Summit Club. Yeah, which he drove it at Summit Club. And when he drove it that well, that was when he battled Rory on Sunday. But he's lost strokes on approach in four of five. And the one he gained was .06. He is heavily reliant around the green, which if you are heavily reliant around the green at Detroit Golf Club in probably a birdie fest, that's going to be a problem. And his putter is coming and going. So I'm not necessarily sure I see anything tangibly different in Ricky's game outside the fact that he drove it well at the 3M Open, which I agree is good, but I am not that excited. <laughs> I know you have win stats on these guys on your site. Can you show my dumbass how to find it? That's from Nick. Uh, no, I said I have the stats. They are not on the website for the plethora of reasons that I usually get on my soapbox and talk about. So I will not, I will not bother everyone with that. They're not on the website. They're flawed. If people are giving you really good win stats, you should question them. Good day, Rick. Hope all is well in this field. Who are the birdie streak golfers? Okay. Believe it or not, I have this. So if you go to the Holy grail, go to fantasy data, sort by whatever time frame you want, everybody in this field and go to birdie streaks. So this is the number of birdie streaks per event. So Michael Thor Bjornsson is number one because he had one birdie streak in two starts. Webb Simpson, believe it or not, uh, about one birdie streak just under per event. Will Zalatoris, Matt Kuchar, Keegan Bradley, Taylor Pendrith, Garrett Kigo, Patrick Cantlay. You can continue to go, on the, go down the list, but those are the birdie streak guys. You'll see some of the guys who like the, just for education here, or just kind of talk through this, you know, Garrick Higo being one of the top guys in birdie streaks and also being way worse in like making way more bogeys than everybody else. Higo is like a great showdown play, right? 
Uh, four rounds of Higo is going to burn you. One round of Higo? That might not be so bad. Hey, Rick, in regards to ownership projections, are those based on the large GPPs? Yeah, so it's like whatever that big GPP 150 max entry, it's usually like 100,000 or 200,000 up top. It's usually 20 or $25. It used to be like $12, then it was 15 bucks. Um, it's that event. It's like that marquee 150 entry. I've seen your selections in one and done in the Mayo Cup and Rick Run Good Pool. Explain rationale for different players selected. Treat completely individually? Question mark. Hopefully you've seen them in the past because I'm hoping you're not seeing what I have this week. We are at the point now where all season long I've been happy to divulge to you who I've picked in one and done. I don't think I can do that any longer. Uh, especially in the run and run and done the Rick run good one and done because I'm in sixth and I know the five, I know the top five want to know who I'm playing and I want to know who they're playing. Um, yeah, I, I treat them completely independently. Obviously, you know, there are definitely times where I will pick the same guy if I'm quite confident in it. There are definitely times where, especially, and sometimes early in the season, I'll just, I'm, I'm, I'm taking more of a scatter shot approach, Right. Hey, I'll take two of the favorites. If one of them hits, great. Uh, then I can like I, I I don't worry about it so much at the beginning of the season. And then really, what it comes down to is I'm 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 playing my position right. So I have a second entry in the Mayo one, and I'm in like three. I'm in like dead last. And obviously, I'm taking. I'm trying to find a way to be very very unique there. I'm I'm toes up, but I'm going to finish it out. Uh, but yeah, I I treat them I treat them entirely independently. Um, thoughts on Tom Kim and has the public cooled on him? Not really seeing why, but I haven't seen much about him. Well, I've got him coming in at 11%. So yeah, I would say maybe there is a little bit of a cooling there. I think, I think there's also so many, and I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. There's so many guys that the community loves who are playing well, McNeely, Davis, uh, both of them, Riley and Cameron Davis. You've got Cam Young. You've got the guys at the top. Like it's a really fun field for guys who are doing this all the time. So it might just be the fact that you're kind of like Tom Kim's lost in the shuffle. But look at what he's doing. It's special stuff, right? I mean, he's gaining across the board for three straight events. Finished twenty third at the U.S. Open. Uh, he's a incredibly talented golfer and he's got to earn points. He's got to earn points. Hey, Rick, out of Cantlay, Finau, Young, and Will Z, who are you fading? If you could play two, who would it be? Um, so like, there's kind of a couple ways to look at this. I would say if you just said who, it, for DFS purposes, I have to consider everything. I would probably play Cantlay and Zalatoris. Um, I think they're all just as likely to win and... I think that Cantlay is going to come in lower than his projected ownership number. And I think Will Zalatoris will too. And I think Cam Young could be by far the most popular guy here. Uh, if I'm not taking owners, like if I'm not taking odds or ownership into consideration, it would probably be Young and Cantlay still probably. Will Zalatoris is, uh, like I, I've described him as the X factor this week. I'm just so interested to see what he does. It, can he can he overcome a course fit that's not very good for him and just be great? I'd be really impressed if he could. So I'd, I'd like to see that. Do you sway any way between Sahith and Riley? I prefer Davis Riley by a hair. feel like no one is talking about James Hahn. Seems to be rounding 
and had a couple of good rounds at the 3M Open. He's early wave. Last time somebody said that a golfer was trending, it was Ricky Fowler. Okay, yeah, this is a little bit better. So last three, T27, T26, T4. Ball striking numbers there. Putter is all over the place, but that's a good thing. Yeah, this is a high upside uh, kind of play. He is... Trust me, when he if he if you better hope he just charges on the back nine because if he gets into a situation where on the tenth hole he looks up and sees himself in the lead, he will cough it up and then some. Um, but yeah, no, this is a, it's a great stat profile for a volatile high upside golfer. Just look at his last four putting round or putting events. That's a that's a, an eleven shot difference, right? Five and a half he gained at the three M Open, five and a half he lost at the Travelers. So just keep that in mind. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even show you that. My bad. I forgot to share my screen. There you go, Brian. This is the James Hahn one. Top GPP option, $7,900 or $7,200 or less. I would say it is, let me get down there. Uh, Wyndham Clark's not bad. Michael Thor Bjornsson, if you're willing to take a flyer on a guy that we have like very little data on. But I, I think it's probably... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind Wyndham Clark. Hits it long, can kind of get hot at times. Is playing pretty good as of late. He has a 17th place finish here. I think he withdrew in 2020. Okay, there's a. I don't know if this is like a matchup or this is like a natural. This is like a natural build that I think everybody's getting to, where um, there's like so much. Davis Riley versus Sahith. Let's just run it through the head-to-head matchup predictor here. So this simulates a four-round head-to-head matchup. I'm going to use the last 36 rounds. You can use whatever you want. Um, so let's do Sahith and Davis Riley. I have Riley winning this 58% of the time. He gains he gains strokes to the field more often than Sahith does. He gains four or more more often, and he gains five or more more often. Uh, and they are identical on three or more. So I, I my gut said Riley, and now the data is also showing Riley as well. Ever think about having a FedEx standings in the cheat sheet? Also, do you know, do you consider guys on the bubble, knowing they need to play well to get in Ricky Fowler question mark. Um, I could probably add that Wes. That's not a big deal. Um, you could also go to, uh, I am assuming this is available on the Holy grail because the Holy grail pulls in data from the PGA tour. So if you go to stats, Oh, you know what? Maybe it's not, I don't know if I bring it in. No, I do go to recap, go to, uh, FedEx cup, regular season points. Let it load. Here we go. And yeah, here, here's their FedEx cup. Oops. And I'll get rid of strokes gain total so that, it, okay, here, here's their FedEx cup rankings. So you can look at this. It's available. You could check it out on the website. Um, and I try not to consider it because realistically, you know, I mentioned it for Tom Kim, but Tom Kim's a very specific example who he just, he just accepted temporary special, uh, special temporary membership status. He has to earn as many points as I think the 125 guy did last year, which I think he's going to do, but like he has a, and he's playing well, but he's like a tangible goal to get to. If these guys had the ability to simply flip a switch and turn on good golf when their back is against the wall, they wouldn't wait until the penultimate event. 
right? They would have done this six months ago. So I try not to use that as a decision maker because I, I just, I don't think it's, I really don't think it's actionable to be honest with you. Rick is your boy, David Lipsky being slept on fellow Las Vegan, David Lipsky. Well, it's kind of hard to be slept on when you've missed three of your last four cuts, right? Um, but he had a good T24 at John Deere, but he lost strokes on approach. But that was the only week out of that stretch he lost strokes on approach. How is this going wrong for him? Bad putting week, bad approach week, bad putting week. Missing the cut of the RBC Canadian by gaining a shot on the field, that's unlucky. I would say it's not as bad as the three out of four missed cuts look, I guess. Two bad putting weeks and an outlier bad approach week. So I would say very little, yes, he's being overlooked, but I'm I'm not super excited and I will have very little exposure to, to David Lipsky. Uh, there were a couple of Troy Merritt questions. So let's look at that. Troy Merritt's been great at this event, which is why I'm assuming there are these questions coming through here. So... Here's Troy Merritt, uh, lost in a playoff last year, right, to Cam Davis, finished T8 the week before that, or the year before that. He's gained 12, almost 13 strokes putting at this course, which honestly, like we could use that right now, right? Troy Merritt is a much better putter than he is showing right now, which is concerning, but he's going back to a place that he's putted well at, and the ball striking numbers are coming around. I could see Troy Merritt having a good week this week, right? Putt well on a golf, hit it the way you've been hitting it for the last two starts, and then putt the way you've putted here before. That's not a huge ask. It's not bad. A lot of Ricky Fowler questions. Um, hey, Rick, in the cheat sheet, finishing positions are colored. What does this mean? I used to think it was maybe their expected position, red to green, but Finau red is a win. Oh, I know what you're, I know what's happening. No, it's not, but it is. So you're not right, but you're not wrong, Adam. So this is just conditional formatting where it is just the lower the value, the more green it is for everyone at that event. Now, what I assume is happening is when you put filters on, it changes these. So if you just look at the 10Ks, now Finau is red because he's the only one who played the 3M Open. So what I'll actually do, so that's that's pretty confusing. So what I'll actually do is I will change these. Do you guys have a preference? Um, green being like a top 10, uh, red being anything that's missed the cut, and then just white in between, or maybe a top 25 for green? I don't know. You guys let me know, but that's that's a little bit confusing, Adam. I'll get that fixed. I would rank these three, Libiota, Sig, and Hadley as Sig, Hadley, Libiota. Rick, thanks for all your fabulous and detailed updates to rickrungood.com. Wait and see, but thank you. You're simply the best if you guys don't subscribe. Wow, this is not, I did not write this, but uh, Cohiba wants you to subscribe, and I think you should too. For the record, there are now, who's a good Euro guy this week? Wallace? Not Wallace in the field? You guys got to be, right? There are now the detailed, Strokes gain metrics for European tour. Um, I've got I've got a lot of stuff coming. You should subscribe. Talked about Cam Champ, like him. 
Oh, Patrick Reed's in the chat. Patrick, thank you so much for stopping in. I know you've got a big tournament coming up this week, and it is uh, much appreciated you spending your time. I don't know if you guys know that. Patrick Reed spends uh, a lot of his time on, on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, and it is just much appreciated to have a golfer of your caliber here. Um, Patrick would like to know what he thinks about his friend's uh, Kevin Kisner's game and his chances at this golf course. Yeah, so very much Kevin Kisner's game fits Detroit Golf Club and look at his results, T8, third, and T46. But what I will point out for people who are similar to Kevin Kisner, distance is always, always a benefit, always. Um, it is a benefit here. You can bomb and gouge this, but the course is not long enough to box out the shorter hitters, 7,300 yards, par 72, not long enough. So while I wish Kisner was longer, while I wish a lot of, you know, these other guys were longer, it doesn't mean they're, they're dead by any stretch of the imagination. Thanks, Pat. Have a good week this week. Um, I've answered a lot of these. Has Kadira been on your radar? No. But should he be? Do we need to look at this together? This is the first moment of the week I've thought about Satoshi Kodaira. Three straight cuts, nothing better than T27, some decent ball striking weeks. He could could he three-shot this? He's like a good, like very good wedge player. Two missed cuts here. Yeah, I don't know if this is like a true three-shotter. Because he really needs, he really needs this to be a wedge fest, doesn't he? Yeah, he's actually a little bit better than that. 14th from 100 to 125, 150, 175. He's 12th, 170. That's not bad. I would say I'm like a, if five is neutral, I'm like a 5.5 out of 10. Slight positive. But again, I will probably have zero shares. Uh, Thanks, Rick. Living in the D. What's that? Oh, Detroit. I'm hearing Wesley's Wesley Bryan's name a lot at 6,100. Okay. One, two, three, four, five consecutive missed cuts. Um, he's always very bad off the tee because he's very, very short, but I, I'm assuming he's going to be inaccurate as well. I bet you he drives it 290. 294. 140th on tour. Wow. This is not good. I love Wes. I'm wishing the best for him. Five straight missed cuts by losing a bunch in the ball striking categories and also losing a bunch with the putter. is it's. It, this is not good. This is not good. Has he played the Rocket Mortgage before? I think I just sorted by around the green play. I did. So he played in 2020, finished T21. He was, I bet you, playing a lot better leading into that week, wasn't he? Rocket Mortgage in 2020. Yeah. He had a T24 in his start before that, where he gained nine strokes on approach. He gained two and a half on approach his start before that at the RBC Heritage. He was in the midst of three straight made cuts before he went to Rocket Mortgage. That was a different player. That was a different player. What are your thoughts on Patrick Rogers? Well, um, there is a uh, there is a type of player, a prototype of player that <laughs> Bryson kind of showed us a way to win this. Drive it well and putt it well. Um, they're not going to do that as well as Bryson, but Patrick Rogers falls into that category. And Patrick Rogers falls into that category along with my bud, uh, Bo Hostler. So if you just sort the cheat sheet, just sort it by putting last, I don't know, 24 rounds, something like that. And look at distance gained as well. So look at the guys that put it well and gain distance. Thor Bjornsson, that's only like four rounds. Um, Cantlay, Hardy, Gligic, 
Rogers is in this list. Uh, Jim Knauss, Chesson Hadley, Bo Hostler, Sung Yul No. You see why you see why these guys are gaining a little bit of momentum this week, right? So I don't know how to finish that statement. That I'm just gonna say, let's move on. I've answered a lot of these. That's good. Um <laughs> If this is truly a putting contest, who are the best putters in each range? Okay. This is just like, I just want to be challenged to see if I can show you guys this, right? Like, can I pull the data? All right, here we go. Very, very quickly. Let's do, uh, I'm not going to go by every single one. What I'll do is putting inside 10 feet. Can't lay craft Hadley, gay Kucher putting from 10 to 15. Sung, you'll know Sung Kang, Nick Hardy, Hank Lee, Biota, Jason day putting from 15 to 25. Canals, Kucher, Sabatini, Gay, Trainer, uh, twenty to twenty-five. Vijegas, Taron, Bohog, Kevin Kisner, Rory Sabatini, and then finally from greater than twenty-five feet, Merritt, Percy, Svensson, Trainer, Willett. Good luck. <laughs> I agree, TJ. It is Taylor Pendrith week. Uh, who is your favorite golf personality and why is it mean to run good? Yep. <laughs> That's right. It is. Congrats on 77 from the blacks. Let's go. I'm playing tomorrow morning. I, I think I'm only going to get nine holes in, so we'll see if I can keep it going. Uh, yeah, Denny. Okay. So we haven't really talked about Denny McCarthy, right? Which is, uh, probably a little criminal to Denny, especially when you start considering, is this going to be a putting contest? Is this going to be a putting contest? Denny McCarthy's gained strokes putting in 16 consecutive events. He's a, probably the best putter on, on planet Earth. The good thing about Denny is for a long time, it was only about the putter, but now it's starting to roll into the rest of his game. So you're seeing T5 at the Memorial, 7th at the US Open, T6 at the John Deere. Really, really good stuff here. So yes, Denny is probably, there was a question like who's being overlooked or whatever. Maybe it's Denny, right? Didn't really talk about him. What's his ownership going to be? I don't think he's going to be like 1% by any stretch. He's going to be, yeah, I'm at 11. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. One and done pick for someone chasing. Oh, I have Finau, Young, Homa, Kiz. Uh, you might be able to play Finau. Well, like, so, so Pat, so here's the thing. You could be chasing, but like I know I'm in a league where Finau has been used by like 89% of the people. So if you have a situation like that, you can play Finau. It's a rare opportunity to take the one of the favorites, but also be different than everybody else. So check your... Check uh, how much those guys have been used. So I've, whoops, there's another one and done question here. I fall into second with only two weeks left. Is Homa a good pick this week? I've already used Davis, Riley, and Cam Davis. I thought about using Young, but first has him this week. Yeah, play Homa. I'm a subscriber. Is there a place on the website that takes the course metrics and marries it with the player stats? Uh, yeah, Ted, scroll down. So Ted, this is the, this is the, uh, this is the page you're looking at. Um, scroll down. It's called adjusted course fit. It takes what is important up here and what stats the players have and puts a course fit to it. So Michael Thorpe Bjornsson's number one, but he only has six rounds. Uh, Finau, Homa, Cam Young, Chris Kirk, Will Zaltoris, Keegan Bradley, Davis Riley, Callum Taron. Uh, yeah. Yeah, bud. Come on. Come on. Of course I'd have that. Do you ever take a bunch of top 20s and a bunch of top 10s in the same tournament? A bunch meaning like 10 to 15? 
No, I've just never done that. Uh, I don't know if that's smart or not. And you should definitely only do that if your book is uh, paying out full of those spots, right? You get into a situation where you have seven guys who tie for 20th and you lose money because of the dead heat. So um, I've never done that. I would have to run the numbers. I cannot imagine it's going to be super sharp. Uh, You'd almost be better off like parlaying them. No, don't do that. I don't know. No. No, I'll have to think about that. Uh, oh, now that prize picks has PGA up. Yeah, okay. So this is actually kind of interesting. So I saw this too, Matt. So prize picks has PGA up. They weren't available on, on um, Tuesday. What I think you're going to potentially see here are where are the afternoon guys? Here we go. Like 10, 16. Okay. So these guys, Chris Kirk, Adam Scott, Cameron Tringale, even Kevin Kisner, um, even Will Zalatoris to an extent. I think there's a really good chance that either tonight or tomorrow morning, I, I pile on some overs here. Uh, the idea being that if that wind is going to be correct, uh, I know for a fact, prize picks has not factored that in. So I would probably be leaning the over. And especially if we, if we tune in tomorrow morning and see that the course is already playing, say it's playing even par. Um, I, you know, I could see a path to some overs coming in, in the afternoon. So that was the one thing that stood out to me. And then as you guys know, the birdie or better matchups have been insane. If you've just been taking the headliner. So it would be Harris single show over Adams fencing, Kevin Kisner over Trey Mullinax, uh, Webb Simpson over Scott Stahl. Like just take blindly taking the headliners, and taking the overs on these is like 196. It's like 196, 122, and 40 or something like that. I had the numbers on Tuesday, but it's outrageous. So use the code Rick. Get your deposit bonus. There's a link in the description. Take all their money. <clears throat> Who is better one year from now, Cam Young or Willie Z? Great question. Probably still Willie Z, but... Cam Young is special. You ever think about shaving a mustache? Might shaving a mustache might pass the vibe check. You don't you don't think that's good? All right. No. I hate you. I the clean I'll never do the clean shaven thing. Never. Uh there were a couple questions about Lee Hodges. Oh, you you mean only keeping the the mustache? No. I mean, I could pull it off, but no. Uh, this is better than I thought, okay? This is stat profile that you like to see. So he's made five out of six, including a T6 in his last start. His last four, he's gained off the T, and he has gained on approach in six straight, including two absolute ceiling approach weeks, nine at the 3M and basically seven at the Canadian Open. So really the only downfall or the, the question that Lee Hodges has to answer is like, what's he going to do with the putter? Cause he loses you four each of his last two tournaments and he's lost in three straight and he's lost in four out of five. So, but that's the type of golfer you want to be investing in, right? Because if he just puts to a zero or gains three, he might win or he might contend. So that's actually not bad. Um, there were a couple of people who asked about Lee Hodges. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good stat profile. Rick, your hat. Yeah. 
Let's go. That's not the master's hat. Just be clear. That's not the master's hat. That's the ANGC, Augusta National Golf Club. Golf course, golf club. Well, that was embarrassing. Um, you can only get that from the members' clubhouse. I have some very good – got some. I don't want to divulge my sources here. I don't want to burn them. But uh, I put out an APB on uh, – APB or ABP? APB, I think. No, all points bulletin. Yeah, APB on Twitter in April. And I got some really great responses and some people were able to send me some amazing hats. So thank you. Do you prefer McNeely, Tigala, Riley? And can you explain how would you break the ties between the three? Well, they're all very, very close. There's a couple ways that you could arguably do this, right? Um uh, I'm, there's a million ways I could do this. Let's do it like this. I'm going to, I'll share my screen with you in a second. I'm going to type this in. Um, I cannot type. So I'm going to put them in the power rankings, Davis, Riley and McNeely. Okay. So I'm going to put them into the power rankings here and I'm sorting by the last 24 rounds and I'm just kind of comparing across the board, right? McNeely worries me a little bit because he's losing strokes on approach. He's a bit reliant on the putter. The other two are putting to average and it is uh, Davis Riley, who is by far the best ball striker. And, and he is basically by far the best player in the last 24. I believe is I believe 24 is quite predictive. Although 36 has also often strongly correlated to success and prediction. Uh, Davis Riley's also the top guy in the last 36 rounds as well. Similar thing, doing it in the ball striking categories. He's actually a better putter over 36 than he is over 24. So that's one way that I would compare them. And signs point to, to DR, Davis Riley. Oh, how could I pass up an opportunity to deep dive David Skins, who I think is um, the fifth and final Englishman in the field? Yeah, hemorrhages strokes off the tee. Literally, minus three, minus six, minus three, minus one, minus four, minus two, minus four. Okay on approach. Coming off one of his best weeks probably ever. The putter, generally good. Uh, what, what, what are we asking? I don't think he's going to play well this week, right? He's missed three of his last six cuts. His best finish in that time frame is a T54. Um, you have to go back to March in a Corn Ferry event to find a top 25. He then started the calendar year with like seven straight missed cuts. Uh, that's just, it's just, it's not great, right? You guys are seeing the same thing I'm seeing. <laughs> Can you deep dive Kelly Craft? I'm four places behind you in the Rick Run Good One and Done. No, I'm not giving away information to someone trying to chase me down. No, it's okay. Kelly Craft's been playing well. Um, I'm actually shocked it took us this long to get to Kelly Craft. Oh, it's, it's already four of four. Um, all right, here we go. Here's Kelly Craft. Off the tee, good. Approach play all over the place. Ugh. Eight strokes putting at the three, I'm open. That's never going to happen again. But outside of that, he's made five of his last six cuts. Three of them are top 25s. That's pretty good. I got to go into hyperdrive mode here, which I which is good because I think I've I've answered a lot of these. Um, I've answered a lot of these, which is good. Weather's at the beginning of the show. 
We did the Kurt Kitayama deep dive. Rewind. Uh, I haven't heard many people uh, hype up Kucher. Yeah, and he he fits a, he fit a lot of those putting categories, didn't he? This guy is a fraud and a losing better. Everyone is waking up to it. You caught me. Rick is a fraud. Oh, it took me 35 minutes to find out that this guy's spamming. What's the what's the fraud? How am I profiting off of it? Uh, in a single entry, is it better to play super volatile guys who put up a lot of birdies or safer guys to increase your six of six odds? First time playing a big SE. So this kind of aligns a little bit with what your goals are. Um, are your goals to like hold a lottery ticket and try to win it? Or are your goals to like play at the single entry every week and you'd be thrilled by like three Xing your money? Cause I think your goals kind of change what your strategies are. Uh, I would prefer, and you don't have to get super crazy in a, in a larger entry, single entry, a larger buy-in single entry. But if you would, I don't know, like just get like two guys that are going to give you leverage, right? Get like two single digit guys and see where that takes you. But I think it kind of aligns a bit more with your goals. Uh, some of your core plays. I, I, I personally think that um, you could very much argue Denny McCarthy being a core play because of what he's done. This is a putting event. He's cheaper than some of these other guys. Um, he's not as highly owned. You could really argue uh, Denny McCarthy being a core play. Outside of that, I would probably be comfortable... Like even like a Tom Kim, also 11%, also playing well, highly motivated. I wouldn't mind that. I think some of the other guys I'm more interested in are a lot more volatile that I don't think I would, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think I would want to play as a core play. Um, out of curiosity, do you know what percentages of lineups made up use all $50,000? Yeah, I don't have it handy, but I used to have this. Like almost every lineup, it's something crazy, like 95% of lineups, maybe higher than that, use either 50,000, 49.9, or 49.8. It's like 98% of the lineup, something something outrageous. So I'll have to dig through and see if I can find the other numbers. But um, yes. Speaking of Las Vegas, have you been to an Aces game? No, but I saw they are uh, scorching. It's on the list though. Big time bullish on Cantlay. Yeah, of course. Let's go. So, so okay. You know, it's probably easy to overlook Patrick Cantlay because he's just the most expensive golfer and like everybody knows he's good. But this putting that he's on right now, which is quick mental math, 11, uh, 20, like 24 strokes gained in his last six starts, like he can do that. And we've seen him win events with his putter, right? We've seen him just go absolutely nuts with the flat stick. And he's kind of in one of those stretches right now. And it's turning into a lot of good results. Two of them are major championships, by the way, in which he has historically not been very good at. So I think he's getting a little bit more free. If Cantlay won this by five shots, I'd be 0% surprised. <coughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> Is there an easy way on your site to find golfers who fit the real GFD stat nine of the last 10 Nine of the last 11 top 10 finishers had gained strokes putting in two of three events leading in without searching golfer by golfer. No, not currently, but uh, there was a question about finding um, uh, like streaks. Maybe I can add something. You could just keep conditional formatting, but have a specific range of one to 100. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I'll, I'll fix it. 
Okay, there was a uh, there were some Hubbard questions late. I understand that it's four o'clock. I'll keep rolling for a few more minutes here. I'm almost out out at the end of the questions. So Hubbard's really interesting um, because when you start looking at like the power ranks, he's like just raw strokes gained one of the best players in the field. Last 36, he's seventh in the field in raw strokes game. Oh my gosh. Uh, last 24, he is third in the field in raw strokes game. But then when you start to look at his stuff, it's like, you know, it's not the strongest field. He's got two big finishes at the Barracuda and the Barbasol where he finished fourth and third. T13 at the John Deere. He hasn't missed a cut since the Wells Fargo. I don't think this course is good or bad for him. I think it's fine for him. So yes, I'm I'm bullish on Hubbard, but I am like in the back of my mind waiting for like the bottom to fall out or waiting for him to get like exposed a little bit in a tougher field. But I, I guess this isn't really that. What's the official OWGR? 227? It's kind of right up his alley. Uh, I've answered a lot of these. I thought Danny McCarthy was the best putter. That's what I said, right? Who who would have who would argue with that? I've answered the Sung Yul No questions. I've answered the the weather questions. Answered the Patrick Rogers questions. Um, it just answered the Hubbard questions. I have eleven guys in my pool. Two only PM starts tomorrow. That's pretty good. Would you cut them? No, no, no. If you're like nine of eleven in AM, I think that's fine. We've seen guys come out of the wrong wave and win. We've seen us inaccurately pick the weather and and understand the weather, and we've seen things later in the week flip it back. So if you're just if you think AM's better and you've got nine of eleven, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to ditch the other two. It's not like like I also think we kind of over exaggerate. You know, if if it's a one stroke advantage, like forty percent of the guys are going who make the cut are going to come out of the bad wave, right? It's not like the entire morning wave is the only people who are going to make the cut. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. This is how you know when it's about time to end the show when we get to the Patrick Cantlay's better than Tiger Woods all around conversation. Um. Some late questions here on Nick Hardy. I think this is generally fine, right? 3M was like his worst start since a while, and he lost off the tee, which is a little bit uncharacteristic. Um, And that's basically it. The rest of it was pretty on brand, right? I mean, he lost a half a stroke to the field, over four rounds, T58, and he had an outlier off the T week. So if you give him four strokes there and maybe, yeah, okay. I mean, it's not bad. That's not bad. It's fine. Do you think Goddard up is the real thing? Um, yeah, yes, yes-ish. He's obviously being like way too overhyped in our communities, in, in, our, in our markets, right? But you're talking about somebody who won the Haskins, who I think is better suited for the modern game than a lot of some of the other guys who are coming out of college because he hits it so far. Um, but like the <laughs> undying love for a guy who's got like four events under his belt is uh, 
Like it's, it's a little much. It's fine. When everybody moves on to somebody else and he's like 6%, that's when I'll play him. Okay. I think that's about it. Um, okay. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to go eat lunch. I think that's what's going to happen. So again, subscribe to rickrungood.com. You can get access to all this data. Joe Idonia and myself are going to do a, a jock market power hour tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to get involved in stock market DFS, give that a shot. Join us for that. And uh, otherwise, best of luck this week. Talk soon.